Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. I'm a little horse. Haha. <laughs> squeaky. Yeah, I sound like a squeaky door. You do, or squeaky horse. Yeah, a little tiny. Just right when I said a little horse, I then pictured myself as a tiny horse. Like a pony, or like smaller. A, a, like a no, like a tiny, like a Lilliputian, teeny weeny little Hummel figurine sized tiny horse, but with my face. Like from that book, Indian in the Cupboard, like a oh. toy horse or, or maybe a more recent example of like a toy story, toy horse. Yeah. Toy horse. Yeah. Like a tiny toy horse. Where's your, <laughs> well, where's your voice, Mary Jane? My voice went up into the rafters of the space when we were at my sister Caroline's celebration for her life. And, um, we all sang sweet Caroline together and the music wasn't working. So I had to lead the whole room in an acapella rendition of sweet Caroline. And we sang it so loudly and it was so wonderful. And, um, and then the next day I woke up and I was like, "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if there's going to be a reason to lose your voice, it's going to be to celebrate your sister as the waves and thunder are crashing into the sides of that party and a rainbow is cutting through the clouds. It was so amazing. I mean, you know, just to have that event and have everyone gather and people come in from all over the world and people also beam in via Facebook from like we had friends in Australia and France and Quebec and Norway and people who flew in from everywhere. And it was just it felt so cool. And that bomb cyclone came through. Yeah. Like it lashed the entire West Coast. And it was so wild because Caroline had a list of things that she loved, loved, loved that we shared at the celebration. And one of those things was storms. Right. And for everyone who's like, bomb cyclone, you had Seth Rogen's new weed strain at at this? No, no, we had the weather phenomenon. Yeah. Oh, man, it was so cool. It was truly, you know, when everyone started showing up for the event and they were like, look out the window, look out the window. And the space that we were at was on the edge of the water and this huge rainbow was across the bay. And then it really moved towards the, the center, the maritime center. And someone took a picture driving in and you could see where it ended from their vantage point. And it was right over the maritime center. I mean, that's... I don't even know how to what to say to that. It was magical. Magical. Yeah. It yeah. felt like Caroline called the storm and the rainbows and was just right there. And we were singing for her. And so uh, losing my voice isn't at all a bad thing. But I am a little horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going beautifully. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And celebrating. Celebrating. Yeah. Fucking yes. Celebrating yes, it is. All I mean, the things. Even our guest today, Melissa Etheridge, is a like <laughs> celebration. Oh. Oh my gosh. You know, seeing Melissa Etheridge perform live uh, at a cannabis cup was one of the greatest moments of live music ever. And she does this cool thing at the end of every show where she takes a selfie. She calls it a Melfi, mm-hmm. where she turns the camera on herself and she captures everyone behind her celebrating. And she is just, she's one of the greatest live performers I've ever seen. She just electrifies and energizes everyone in the space. They all feel like just in it together. And it's yeah. a true celebration. So yeah. 
This is an episode about celebrating. Absolutely. Also, next time uh, we hang out with her on the pod, let's ask her how you can do more than one song for two <laughs> minutes and maintain some kind of voice. Yeah. Because I can't even imagine, like, I, I, I thinking of her doing the tour that she's on right yeah. now. Oh, my and, God. And doing night in, night out at theaters. Yes. Like, what's the trick? Do you know? It, there's got to be a trick. Well, yeah, she's trained. Oh. <laughs> and she also, I mean, she's just like, she's, a, she's an icon. She's a rock icon. Like, that growl, you know, she's... She's a storyteller with the sound of her voice more than any, you know, female singer that I can really think of. Like, you know, she's, I've just loved her since the first time I heard her, which was, must have been when I was probably in high school. So what a cool thing to hang out with her on the pod. We got a short window with her because we had some weird technical difficulties, but we're hoping to get her back on the pod when she's off tour and she has a little more time. Absolutely. And we're dropping our conversation with her at the end of this fun app. Absolutely. And uh, stay tuned after our interview with her because we're dropping the new hit title song yep. from her new album one way out so there you go um moving on to food oh yes can um, we talk about the spread yeah it's uh, it's the most important part of that spread it was like the the family that makes up caroline's circle in port townsend showed up in full force yeah well i do think um this is the first celebration i've ever been to everyone i speak to though and i'd actually be curious um for everyone listening like what is your spread at your celebration yeah because caroline's was like so much pie mussels macaroni meatballs like it was <laughs> cod, it, cakes. cod cakes yeah it was amazing i i have never had a, a more full belly that was also a full heart it was real it was so cool and it was sort of the whole weekend because friday night started with just like a small gathering of friends with an incredible lamb curry that was like this huge i mean vat that could have fed you know four 40 people. It was amazing. And I want to add to that, that the lamb, I, this goes back to Port Townsend and the idea of like sustainability because, um, Grandini who got that, she just bought a whole lamb and then takes it to a local butcher in Washington. Mm -hmm. And they, they ask her how she wants it broken down. Mm -hmm. And then she picks all of the meat back up, chucks it in a freezer and you've got like lamb for months. It's amazing. And yeah, the lamb was on the bone in the curry. So I was like pulling out big pieces on the bone and oh my gosh, it was so incredible yeah so take that tiktok with yeah. your short rib burrito <laughs> bullshit that's kind of played out because everyone's doing it now probably doesn't even taste that good <laughs> no not like not like us sliding bones out of curry stews and then the next night there was a gathering for all of the outer towners who were coming in at walt's shop my sister's partner's shop and they had two grills going they had salmon on one grill and tuna on another grill and then our friend joel kawahara who's an amazing fisherman showed up with fresh poke that he made from tuna that he caught maybe that day yeah and grilled oysters that he had plucked out of the hood canal yeah and your potato salad mike I mean, I mean, you made some friends that night. I really did make some friends. There is no better feeling than when you bring a dish to a party, and <laughs> as you check in on it, you know, give it a little side eye. It's complete. It's like going down, almost like, um, like your life in a Mortal Kombat game. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Can you talk about it? Like, yeah. tell, tell what's the, what was that recipe? Well, thank you, Mary Jane, because I thought you might find me insufferable at that party because I kept like <laughs> interrupting and pulling you aside and being like, a little more potato salad was taken. Seems to be a hit. Kind of the talk of the party. Might have to bring it up tomorrow at the celebration. You were like, do not bring it up at the celebration. <laughs> but it's an amazing recipe. Um, it is from Bon Appetit, but we did give it our own little flavor and spin, as you always have to do. Got to. Can I also, before I get into the potato salad, yeah. I'm going to draw it out a little bit more. But I will say, most recipes 
are like not good recipes. Yeah. What's the like? They're great baselines for your own profile and flavor, but I mean, like, like you you said, and I quote. I'm never gonna follow a dressing recipe. Never. I'm for a salad dressing. I'm never. eyeballing that shit every time. I will look at the ingredients in the recipe and follow the flavor profile, but I will always adjust it and add way more of certain things. Like the night with the lamb curry, I made a yogurt dressing, and I like tripled the garlic, tripled the lemon, tripled the dill. Yeah, exactly. Then you can actually taste the flav. Yeah. So in my potato salad. I doubled the potatoes, so it was uh, five pounds of Yukon Golds, you know, those soft, pillowy potatoes. Buttery babies. Buttery babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yukon Gold. Yeah. Buttery babies. Hot potato. <laughs> and then um, a bucket load of salt into the water and leave that alone. And while that's cooking, it, because I doubled the recipe, it's, uh, what's three quarters plus three quarters? Uh, one and a half. One and a half. Yeah. Okay. So one and a half cups of sour cream. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of that to equal two cups is mayonnaise, you know, very basic, very standard. Mm-hmm. And then a bucket load of dill. And then it called for a lot of thinly sliced red onion, but I dialed back the red onion because I, I love a bagel with cream cheese with red onion, yeah. which I feel like is a like deconstructed potato salad in a lot of ways. Okay. Because, you know, it's starch and cream and slathers and yeah. snaps. Yeah. So, but I, I, I don't know that I love red onion too much in a potato salad. Well, I think it raw. overpowers it all raw. Right. That's- Even though you rinse it underwater to take out some of the acidity, mm, it's a yeah. lot. And then it only called for two tablespoons of Dij, but as we all know, Great poop, number one Dij. Actually, no. What's the number one Dij now? It's my. That's right. M A I L L E. I think you and I have discovered that during the during the pandemic times. We have gone to my as the number one Dij. It was great poop. I have never pronounced because I'm way too nervous. So thank you because I have been calling it Mealy the entire time. If you see this, if you see this Dij on your shelf, it is in a clear glass uh, bottle with a black and gold label. Yeah. Ooh, so it's always next to the gray poop. It kind of looks like it looks like it's trying to bite from the the gray poop demographic a little bit. Oh yeah, it's a similar. Well, it's like yeah, French in a jar with the similar colors and everything. But my is make no mistake. It make is no mistake. Superior mustard. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. What? How do you ride the coattails when you're in front of them? I don't know. <laughs> so I added, um, I think probably like six tablespoons of that. Ooh. And because you want the snap. Yeah. You want you want that sharp like vinegary bite. Yeah, that little zing that makes your eyes water a little bit. Yeah. Love it. And then I think the key for me when you mix, mix, mix all of that up is then to put all of that in the fridge and just leave it alone. Yeah. Because when the potatoes come out and they cool down and you save a cup of that potato starch water to loosen the mixture like you would any kind of pasta starchy dish, as those potatoes are still hot and they have all of that salt, like... You're not giving any time for the flavors to like get to know each other before you're adding in this big boulder of starch that is going to kind of like, I don't know, it's like a wrecking ball through a through like a sensitive wall of deliciousness, (laughs) you know? Yeah, you got to let that shit hang out. Yeah, exactly. Don't make I don't need tons of new friends all at once. Like, let me get to know four or five people and then bring in Chris Farley to like really kick it off. That's so funny. You're making me think of like the timed challenges on, I was just watching the most recent episode of the Great British Bake Off and they're trying to do these like incredibly complicated German biscuits in, you know, two hours or whatever it is. And one of the guys is like, yeah, normally you would refrigerate this for days and then 
you know, put it into the oven. Like you would actually let it set because he was rolling these complicated patterns into it. And right. the whole thing just looked so difficult. I was like, how, how would you be able to ever try and execute this in two hours successfully? So I just think like, yeah, I don't like timed challenges on Great British Bake Off that don't give people enough time. And I want potato salad to hang out for a few hours. Absolutely. And also, George, you picked the wrong cookie. What are you doing? He this did. is a competition. It's he not almost, yeah. if you're if you're gonna have guts and be bold, be bold with flavors. Don't be bold with trying to like erase time. That's not <laughs> how it works, especially it in yeah, baking. You can't be a time lord. <laughs> George Time Lord. <laughs> but anyway, so you know, you take you take the potatoes out, smash them up, um, once all the flavors mingle, fold, fold, fold. And then what I love and when I pulled the when I put the dish on the table at the barbecue, you you crumble sour cream and onion potato chips over the top with a little bit of extra onion and a little bit of extra dill. That way, people know what's inside the potato salad by having it on top. What chives? It was chives. What am I saying? Dill. Which is interesting because I also almost confused chives for scallions, and I almost ah. put in forty. <laughs> scallions like i was still on worst cooks in america i was like well if it's a tube and it's green it's all the same baby and i like caught myself at the last minute i almost added like two cups of scallions chives scallions do look like giant chives so you know you're not far off yeah but jesus christ do you really want a huge ring of chive in your mouth yes or d- scallion. Oh, <laughs> I love man. scallions. I love, I love it all. I'm an onion girl. You Except are? for raw red onion. I think you made the, the right call on that one. That potato salad was fucking great. Thanks for saving me. Because now I'm super embarrassed because I don't know my herbs. No, it was really fucking fantastic. And I saw some people like make their way over to you and like have conversations with you. In fact, I think I saw one woman put her arm up on the wall next to where you were standing and like block you from going anywhere. Yeah, she cut, she cut me off from the party. Yeah. She sure did. I watched that happen. I was like, oh, okay. All right. (laughs) You know, a little head tilt and a hand on the wall always feels nice. Just a snack talking about snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Glazer. That's so funny. Winning him over with his fucking delicious cooking. Hey, whatever it, whatever. I loved it. So thank you uh, for having me. It was a really great time. And also thank you for trusting me to bring a dish that I I was really excited to bring and trying to add something to the whole celebration. So thanks a lot, Mary Jane. It was fantastic. What what am I even talking about? Like I'm sitting here, sitting in all my potato glory, your key lime pies. There was, if you were following me on Instagram at Glazer Boohoohoo, I took a very long picture of all the pies from blueberry to French silk to banana cream. But Mary Jane, in all of her boldness, made two key lime pies, and they were also the first two pies that were gone from the uh-huh. table. So fucking props to you. What was that recipe? Thank you. That was a double, so it was like a combination of a recipe that our friend Natalie had shared with me a while back, and honestly, the recipe that's on the bottle of, I can't remember the brand name of the key lime juice that my sister always used to buy, but it's Nellie's and somethings, and it's like a Florida key lime juice that you just buy in a bottle. It's the St. Lunatics, right? At the... Uh, it's the what? Nellie and the St. Lunatics. Nellie and the St. Lunatics? What yeah. is that? Do you know who Nellie is? The rapper? Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't like the joke? I don't know what it means. I was just trying to help by saying Nellie <laughs> and then the St. Lunatics, but now I've just derailed your entire key lime recipe when you gave me the space to explain my whole potato salad, and I'm embarrassed and I'm sorry. I don't know what you're... I literally, it's like you're just saying words that are gobbledygook. It's because when you said Nellie and something, uh-huh. so I tried to... Mad lib a joke and say, "Oh, it must be Nelly and the Saint Lunatics." But who are brand- the Saint Lunatics? Oh, that's his group that what he ran with. What the fuck are you talking oh, about? Jesus Christ! Not only is it a bad joke, but there's no <laughs> reference for it, and that we're way off base. <laughs> 
<laughs> we should just cut all that. No, we I can't. I was like, what? That's a lesson I have to learn for the future. You, I was like, yeah, I don't. I know who Nelly is, but I don't know enough to know that. So of I'm course, sorry. Of course, of course. It's because he had a group. Yes. Even though he was obviously based on your knowledge, and I would say most people's knowledge, the breakout star of their Absolutely. group. Absolutely. <laughs> but there was a group called the St. Lunatics. Ah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not who makes this key lime juice. <laughs> and it's, it's Nelly and someone else. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> the recipe on that bottle is super simple. It's uh, sweetened condensed milk, egg yolks, um, you know, a shit ton of key lime juice, obviously. And then I zest some key lime in. And then the tip that I took from Natalie's recipe was actually making the graham cracker crust, which she makes with like extra graham crackers, extra butter, less sugar, more salt. So she sort of like dialed in the graham cracker crust as to her specifications and then used the Nelly's <laughs> and not the St. Lunatic's <laughs> bottle for the pie filling recipe. And it's so simple and it is the most delicious pie it's so good and with the crust do you blind bake the crust before you add the you do well blind baking means baking weighted right yeah so you would put like beans over the top so that it's blind to to you yes no so i it's not blind baking but you do press it into a pie plate and then bake that for like 12 minutes just until it's fragrant and your whole kitchen smells of that like graham crackery wonderful fragrant yeah just most delicious it's the most homey smell in the world it really is. And I also loved your move of making them the day before so that they could just chill in the fridge for right? almost like 18 hours. Not Great British baking off the Time Lord nonsense with those pies. <laughs> I'm trying to make 24-hour pie in yes. six minutes. Hello, I am a Time Lord with pie. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the show growing up with Vicky? She was a robot and um, she she it was like a family sitcom with Vicky the robot. Oh no, I'm confusing two different shows. Let me use Saved by the Bell as an example. Did you ever see when Zach Morris would freeze time on Saved by the Bell and then like walk towards camera and everybody's frozen and he would say a couple quips about how things are going and then change everyone's fate and then go time in and Saved by the Bell would start again? No, I watched Degrassi. Oh, (laughs) you watched Canadian Saved by the Bell. Yeah. And the the original one, not the one that Drake was on, but the one before that. Like I was watching Degrassi in the late 90s, or I mean, sorry, the late 80s, which was when I was in um, junior high. And then those kids grew up to go on to be like the teachers and parents in the version of Degrassi that Drake was in. So I'm like back a couple of generations. Saved by the Bell was kind of after my time. Yeah. yeah. Also, it sounds like it probably kind of bit from Degrassi in a way. Like maybe oh, there definitely. was like a, almost like the British office, American office kind of a vibe where they might have seen something like Degrassi and been like, let's Americanize this with some other maybe kids. Maybe so, for sure. I mean, I think all high school shows are just high school shows about, you know, kids having fucking issues or whatever. <laughs> That's but a good point. The original Degrassi was, yeah, it was pretty fucking great. Man, yeah. I would actually like to watch an episode <clears throat> of it. it I'm was great. very curious what 80s Canadian teen <laughs> comedies were yeah well it was like they definitely were very funny but then they also tried to address a lot of issues you know it was like very much that sort of after school stuff where it was like oh no spike got pregnant what's she gonna do you know don't get pregnant kids although we do have universal health care and a seemingly reasonable policy when it comes to women's rights yeah exactly <laughs> yes but there was um you know like they definitely addressed drugs in in a way of like that dare era where it was like you know very very scare tactics and all that kind of stuff i think that wouldn't hold up especially now for us like watching it would be like well that's some fucking bullshit and propaganda but a lot of the other issues that they tried to address were really cool and well done and those actors were just like 
you know, normal looking kids. It wasn't very like shiny or, you know, trying to be sort of aspirational in any way. It was really trying to show you like, these are real kids who might be like kids that you know and going through things that, you know, we're just going to try and show you so that you feel like you have, you know, someone to look to. It was cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah, that was the original. So sorry, I don't, I don't know how, how interesting that is, but it's interesting to me because I, I mean, to I don't know that I would ever think to watch a 1980s Canadian sitcom. Who would? Um, right, exactly. Unless I heard about it. And now, what? Else? I mean, there's only so many men doing smash burgers on YouTube videos that I can find before it's time to branch out and try and grow a little bit. I think again, though, you you say sitcom, and it very distinctly was not a sitcom. Like there oh. was an 80s era of shows that were like definitely funny with a lot of funny elements and they were meant to be entertaining and enjoyable but they they addressed hard-hitting issues like what was the um show where they did that whole fucking arc about pedophilia and they had like a two episode arc where it was like this an guy, American show yeah it was an American show I'll have to look it up maybe while you're talking and I can you can vamp a little and I can look it up but there was like a really hard-hitting um was it show. Punky Brewster no it was before that it was I want to say it was um not all in the not family ties Anyway, I don't know. But there were like there were just like great 80s shows that were trying to address some very serious stuff for kids in a way where it was like you could maybe watch it with your parents. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what they were trying to do is like have a, a piece of entertainment that, that could open doors to conversations because nobody knows how to talk to kids, you know? No, Everyone's well, not so the way terrified. TV does. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Interesting. I'll look it up and I'll try and put it in the show notes or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, just the word pedophilia and let someone click on that. Is cool. that what you're thinking? Yeah. I think that's a good look for us. <laughs> <laughs> What else is popping? <clears throat> oh, so many. You want to, speaking of uh, Key Lime, yeah. how about this transition? Okay. What about Lemon Sour Diesel? Hey, huh? a late grade mention. Yeah. Very nice. Well, we just had such a good time making a reel for late grade for Halloween. Um, I have a costume where I dress up as a baked potato. Yeah, you do. And um, I've made an appearance. I was on stage at your show, actually, as a baked potato with a confetti cannon doing some bits. Um, so the baked potato is uh, on our Instagram, or well, Weed and Grub is currently down. We're trying to get it back up, but at Weed and Grub Pod is our backup account. If you want to give us a follow there, we'll keep that going for the time being. Absolutely. And it's really cool that Late Grade wanted us to like work with them because I am a stressed out human being. Oh, man. And I cannot stop biting my nails no matter how hard I try and how many different types of remedies from putting hot sauce on them to just talking it out with Peter, my therapist. I can't stop biting my goddamn nails. But I'll tell you what, late grade helps me calm down, dial it in, focus up, and feel happy about my life. So I just want to say thank you, late grade, and thank you for your sativa specifically. Yeah, the lemon sour diesel like puts the gas in our podcasting tank. It's fucking great. It's got this like really nice, sweet kind of citrusy aroma. It's got like nice notes of earth and pepper. It's sun-grown, so you can kind of taste the terroir. Mm. And they're great folks, and they give back to the community through a couple of initiatives. So I don't know if you're in California and uh, you want to check them out, you can buy them at uh, Sweet Flower Dispensaries. They're on Ease. Yeah. And they're a supporter of our work and we love them. And so if you love us, please support the people who also love us. 100%. Yeah. Shout out Late Gray. Shout out. And if you have any suggestions on how I can quit biting my nails, please, because that shit is hardwired deep inside my cerebellum. Gloves. All the time gloves. All the time gloves, 100%. Oh, I love that. Like maybe taped around your wrists. <laughs> so you just look you just look real chill. Just, you're super chill. Short sleeve shirts. 
Yeah. And gloves. And gloves. And you're just never going to have another person put their arm up to talk to you at a party. (laughs) Be like, oh, that guy with the like. He's either leaving or coming from a murder. There's no (laughs) other reason that he's wearing gloves all the time. Yeah, that that's that duct tape glove look is. um, Wait, what kind of of glove are you picturing? Are you picturing like doctor gloves or woolly mittens? I'm I'm picturing like light cotton gloves that you would sleep in, like if you're a hand model and you have to take really good care of your hands and your cuticles. You look oil up your hands with cuticle oil and moisturizer. Yeah. And then you sleep in gloves. This is what these people do to protect their beautiful skin. So we could just get you some nice cotton gloves <laughs> and you're going to look great. Well, Christmas is right around the corner. And so if you want to get me some gloves that I'll be happy to return as long as you kept the receipt. Yep. Let me know. Great. <laughs> I do think it would stop you from biting your nails, though. Yeah, it totally would. Yeah. It would also stop me from going outside, <laughs> talking with other people. Yeah. <laughs> opening my phone because it doesn't recognize my fingerprint. Oh, yeah. That would be a one nightmare. Oh, okay. Never mind. But my nails are long and luscious. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, man. Well, do you want to get to some news? Oh, wait. Can I share some news? Yes. Before we get to our news? Is it what I think it is? It is. Okay, cool. Uh, Speaking of a place that I do not want to wear gloves because I am hoping to make new friends. Yes. We are going to be at Outside Lands this weekend in San Francisco. Under the Golden Gate Bridge in Golden Gate Park, watching all sorts of cool people perform, including... Me. Yeah! Yeah, it's really cool. It's kind of the biggest stand-up gig I've ever been booked for. So if you are in San Fran, and also there's going to be live streams. I'm not sure if I'll also be live streamed, but I will be at Grasslands. And on Friday, I'm hosting the entire event at Grasslands. And then on Saturday, I'm doing a half hour at 4.30. It's so cool. I mean, I'm so excited. This will be our first time, my first time uh, going to Outside Lands. And Grasslands is the sort of cannabis-friendly portion of the whole festival, which has so many stages and so many headliners and so much happening and this is this really neat 420 friendly area where they're going to have activations some of our friends will be there as well they've got a comedy stage they're going to have snacks i hope they have some beanbag chairs that i can lie on they while better. i listen to you perform comedy i'm sorry if i'm going to be lying down while you're performing but i think you know if i'm on in your my, stomach or on your back if i'm in my baked potato costume i will be on my back uh-huh <laughs> <clears throat> You'll just know I'm there. <laughs> you maybe yeah. won't hear me laughing. I'll just be like applauding with my eye- eyelids, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and and I, I just, I don't know. It's so cool. Like, I've always wanted to be a part of a festival, like a huge yeah. festival like this. So I'm like really proud and it means a lot. So, you know, shout out to, um, shout out to Outside Lands. Hope to see you there. Shout out to you for getting booked on that, Mike. It's a huge deal. And I'm so stoked that I can be there to support and also um, ride those coattails, you know? <laughs> I'll be like, see that snack over there? Tell him to get me some snacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are not the gray poop to my mealy. Oh, okay. We are both mealy. Okay. <laughs> like we that. can hold we each other. We are mealy vanilli. We're... <laughs> <laughs> Damn, my St. Lunatics fell flat, mealy vanilla. Well, you're kind enough to laugh at it, so I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> you're always willing to give me a laugh, even though it's not necessarily right or funny. No, we're mealy vanilla. I yeah. love it. Okay. That's great. Well, let's get to the news, Mary Jane. Let's do it. 
Oh, we do have to talk about OCB, though. That's right. The Grubla Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of plant-to-puff papers made with sustainable fibers farmed from within a 500-kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. In 2020, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling papers and cones. They're even burning, no tear, GMO-free, and vegan. Not all rolling papers are created equal. OCB offers a premium smoking experience that we call Harmony on High. Can you hit a note? Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers and sample the entire line of products. Plus, visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. That's right. I'd like to add, it is Christmas coming up. This is a perfect stocking stuffer for you or anyone that you care about. And to just think about something that's been around since 1918, I'm kind of proud to rep them because they have the kind of staying power that I hope to have one day. And also the way that they're able to change with the times and harness green energy. Like this is a brand that not only cares about the earth, but cares about what you put in your body. So thank you to OCB. Yeah, so dope. Yeah, what's our news this week? Well, it's about another thing that grows out of the earth, of course, because it's the plant that we love so much. And the news is that New York is going to soon allow homegrown medical cannabis legally. So, of course, people have been growing their own in New York all this time because it hasn't been, you know, allowed under the law. Um, And now under the new um, Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, which is the law that legalized cannabis for adult use in New York. It also um, granted permission for home growers. That's so huge. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest, biggest deal. It's a big, big deal because, you know, uh, medical cannabis has been legal in New York since, ni- or since, since 1918. Since 1918. No, since uh, 2014, but it's been difficult to access compared to other states. And so it's a big deal now that people are going to be able to grow their own medicine as the state be- uh, starts to bring retail stores online for adult use consumption as well. You know, because... You know, under an adult use market, some people who use medical cannabis will just go to a dispensary and just say, I'm 21 and I don't necessarily need to have that medical marijuana recommendation. But one of the things with a medical cannabis program staying active in a state that has adult use laws is that the medical cannabis can be less expensive. And then especially growing your own is so important. If you don't have access to a dispensary where you are, and if you don't have the budget to you know, be able to afford the super high taxes that can come along with cannabis that's available for retail... Growing your own is the, is the way to go. So this is really cool because it will be legal and you'll be able to cultivate up to six plants. That's so much. That's yeah. a great yield. If you're good at it, it's a if lot. If you're good at it, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's also so important because as we keep talking about federal decriminalization and how we are all going to like get so many fucking people out of prison who do not deserve to be there, the, type of, the idea of home grow puts power back in the public's hands That's in right. a way that Amazon and Charles Koch and all of these other people are always, always trying to take away from us. Yeah, I mean, it's really important as prohibition finally draws to a close. I mean, we're, we're seeing it end hopefully soon that, you know, we, we don't allow the big companies to control cannabis entirely. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who are just never going to choose to grow their own because it's really, it's not easy. Like if you've ever grown weed and yeah. you're good at it, you know how much it takes. Yeah. It's not just throwing it in a pot under a light. It's like, you know, incredible to really dial it in and get good weed from a home grow is an incredible art. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, um... 
it, yeah, it's just such an important law to have to maintain that provision, to be able to grow your own, to keep it free and, you know, safe and fair access for all is the most important thing when it comes to cannabis. Absolutely. And I learned a lot when you were growing and, uh, you got, you got some kind of, um, neem oil. Like I learned about neem oil. And, and so just the idea of like how sensitive the plant is, how you can grow it, trim it. Hand trimming is so therapeutic. You want to talk about something that gets you into a Zen state. Talk about trimming a bud. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. And then you can use the whole plant that you grew to make a tincture out of the trim. And then you can use the bud to roll into a J with a friend, like having whole plant at your house the same way Grandini has a whole lamb in her freezer. Yeah. Like, it's a really sustainable way to live, and it's really beautiful. When I have the space someday, I would love to get a little garden really going because that was a cool experience to grow my one plant, and I got, like, it was called an easy pot, and it was sort of, like, set up for success in the sense that it had all of the nutrients already in it and, you know, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but I'd really love to be able to learn more about it and experiment with different strains and different nutrients and and do all that kind of stuff on my own to figure out what works for me. So I don't know. Shout out New York. It's really exciting. Some of the East Coast genetics are my favorites. I mean, sour diesel is like that, you know, that New York strain that I smoked when I was in New York for, you know, my, all of my high times family, that's what they always had going. And, you know, they just had the chem dog comp at the Astor Club. Yeah. Which is another strain that's super popular in New York. And I mean, they have all the new genetics too, obviously they're they're up on what's going on, but I love some of those old school East Coast strains so much. So um, congrats, New York, on being able to grow your own for medical purposes. Very, very cool. That's a good news story. Yeah. (laughs) I'm feeling real positive and happy now. Thank you, Mary Jane. No, well, it's important too, because Melissa Etheridge is a medical cannabis activist and patient, longtime user. She started um, using cannabis after her friend David Crosby suggested it when she was recovering from uh, chemotherapy treatments, Mm -hmm. and she found so much use with it. And then since then, she's been such an activist, and she, you know, she tells Mrs. more about it. I want to talk for her, but... um, Yeah, it's just an important thing. Medical cannabis and access to that medical cannabis is super, super important. So good. Well, let's get to Buds of the Week so that we can get to Melissa and give your voice a rest. That would be great. I would love to take a couple of days off from speaking, which I've never done before in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How about let me go first and give you a 30-second rest. Great. My Bud of the Week this week is Walt Trisdale. I'm not sure how to describe Walt except for a six-foot-six hulking man with the biggest, warmest heart I've ever met in my life. Um, thank you for bringing him into my life through Caroline. And I just wanted to share a story as Bud of the Week this week. We had a, we had the barbecue in his uh, garage. And it is a huge garage with huge diesel engines. And it's incredible. And we were on our way to the barbecue. And all of a sudden, Mary Jane's car that she was borrowing was dead in the parking lot of the grocery store, dead. We have all the plastic cups in the back. We have all of the groceries. We have everything for the barbecue back there. She calls Walt, says, can you please come? He goes, yep, got it. Let me just grab two tools. He brings one small wrench. He brings one big wrench. He pops the hood. He like goes boop, boop, pop, pop, boop, boop. Doesn't even look at it. Goes, try it now. And it starts right away. And I'm like, that is the kind of man I want to be. God damn, Walt. So not only did he save the day, but he brought two tools because it could only be one of two things. And he knew exactly what it is. And it's just, it's, it's just impressive. I could go on and on, but I, I, uh, I'll save stories for another time. Yeah, Walt is the fucking best. He, uh, our friend said that over the weekend, she was like, he is so... Um, dignified and reserved and vulnerable all at the same time 
And I was like, oh, that's so interesting to see it from your perspective because I just think of him as like, he's family to me, you know? Yeah. But to see him from that outside like eye of like, yeah, he is all of those things. He's also very funny and he plays the fiddle and he knows how to electrify a pickle, which is a very cool trick. Is that a real sentence? It is a real sentence. It was one of the things that he did. Like when I first met him years and years and years ago when he, he was just starting to uh, date my sister and he plugged a live wire into a socket and then he plugged the other end into a pickle and said, turn off the lights. And it was a, like an electrified pickle, an electric glowing pickle. That's incredible. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. The electric, Walt Trisdale and the electric pickle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm not sharing his IG because I don't think he wants anyone following him. I don't, I don't even know if he's on there. Yeah, yeah. that's also what makes him so cool. Mm-hmm. So that is my butt of the week. Shout out to Walt. My butt of the week is Amy Grandin, who is another Port Townsend's dear friend. As you referred to her earlier, we call her Grandini. Amy Grandin is at AJ Grandin on Instagram. She is a fisherman. She is a dear friend. She is a kick-ass event producer. She pulled together all of those pies and that whole feast for the celebration with the help of the Port Townsend family in a way that I I don't know uh, anyone else who could have done it with such grace and style. She's absolutely amazing. And she also currently has Mr. Archie Moo under her care. Yeah. And it's great. She just texted me and she was like, I'm so glad I have the pooch. He's great for dog therapy for a couple of weeks. And I was like, that is so nice to have my little hairy heart um, with someone who loves him, I think as much as I do. So shout out to Amy. Uh, I love you so much. You're my, my family. That's amazing. Yeah. Our VIB, our very important bud. Melissa Etheridge, I mean, needs no introduction, right? She's a rock icon. She's, as we said, a longtime medical cannabis patient and activist. She has a foundation in her name, the Etheridge Foundation, which supports scientific research into the causes and effects of opioid addiction. And she's currently on tour. Check her out all over yeah. the country. Literally all over the country. She's everywhere. You can go to melissaetheridge.com for more information and dates. And uh, yeah, stick around after the chat that we had with Melissa to hear her title track from her latest album, One Way Out. Banger. Yeah. Banger of an up, banger of a person, <laughs> banger of an album. I can't wait to sit down with her in real life as soon when she's off tour and we can like, you know, just hear more about her incredible life and, and views and everything. She's I'll bring that potato salad. The greatest. You make that potato salad, I'll make a key lime pie. There we go. All right. All right. Without further ado, here is our interview with Melissa Etheridge. We're so glad you could join us. Thank you. No, my pleasure. Thank you. We would have been able to do it in person. We're like following you from state to state. We were just in St. Louis. You were just in St. Louis. Now ah. you're in Texas. We are headed to Austin. Isn't it crazy to be traveling around at these times? It is. It's so crazy. How How is the tour going? How does it feel to be back on the road? Well, we started in August. And, it, you know, all of us were like, you know, we like just crawling out of a hole that we've been in for, you know, a year and a half. And. You know, of course, it's been so hard on the business, just, you know, from all aspects of the business, not just myself and my technicians and, and bandmates, but, uh, you know, to uh, the, the theaters and, and arenas and the people and the, the restaurants around there. So everyone's really ex- glad and grateful that, you know, that live music is, is coming back. You know, and we all are trying to be very mindful and, you know, follow the protocols and, 
you know, man, whatever it is in that local area to really, really do that and take care of ourselves. And but then when it gets when the lights go down, the show starts, man, there's just nothing like the exchange of energy between an audience and, you know, musicians. It's just it's I think it's something we've done uh, throughout humanity. And I really missed it. It's just been great. I can't imagine how great people feel to see you back on stage shredding and with your new album <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your new your new album one way out yeah that's that's fun because um that was that was actually a project i did a few years ago of of songs that i i did not put on my earlier albums so i i had I, at one point in the early like like 2013 i thought i was going to put a box set together of cds but now nobody even buys CDs anymore. So, you know, so um, I, I had recorded these old songs for that. And so I had these songs kind of in my vault. And um, BMG said, hey, do you do you want to put out a record during this time? And, you know, we need it like right now. I think, you know, there was a real people had stopped recording. So they kind of ran out of stuff. And, and um, so I said, you know what, I've got these. And, and we put them on. And then I put two live songs that I had uh, in the vault also. And it's just they're they're from my earlier time period you know back in my 20s early 30s where all i you know uh, the only thing i ever did was to write songs so i just they're these really rocking songs that really fit in well in the show so i'm loving it and the fans are loving it and it's 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 real fun i love as cool as you try but i was also hoping you could talk a little bit about life goes on because as a live track uh. are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> that's fun that recording was made um at the roxy in 2002 i was trying songs out for my lucky album that came out the next year and and um and i i had this idea of this song looking back on the 80s you know and kind of being a, a very young adult you know early 20s in the 80s and what that was like to just be part of that whole thing all the shoulder pads and mullets and weird you know, makeup and, and stuff of the, of the eighties and, and looking back on it. And now, now I have to change because the lyric was originally when I woke up this morning, it was 2002. Now I have to say, you know, I woke up this morning, it was 2022. So, uh, <laughs> it, it's this uh, crazy thing, but the audience really enjoyed all the lyrics to it. And, and I actually haven't done it live yet here. But I think it, it, within actually the next couple of shows, I'm going to try Life Goes On. Well, we have to ask you, because our podcast is Weed and Grub, about Etheridge Botanicals. Yeah, yeah. I went through uh, breast cancer in, in 2004, 17 years cancer-free. Thank you. I The only way that I got through that was with uh, cannabis, you know, and, and this was back in the early 2000s when it was medicinal in California, but you couldn't find it anywhere. You know, you, it's like, yeah, you can... It, it, so you know all the places they were still getting ra raided by you know the the fed the feds and everybody so um i i really felt like cannabis was something that everybody going through what i was going through should have the choice to use cannabis to relieve their pain to help their appetite to you know relieve their depression to help them sleep but just all these things that you know they they gave me chemo then didn't you know, handed me a handful of five different pills to take that all have side effects that you have to take this other pill for. And, 
and it was just ridiculous. I said, no, I'm just going to smoke. And I wasn't even that heavy of a smoker, uh, you know, until I started, you know, seeing just how, um, just what great medicine it was and how not only it helped with cancer, but it helped with my own personal uh, journey with my body and, and my emotional state and help lower my stress and help get healthier. So I, uh, I, I really, I started looking around to like, hey, there's got to be some really great people trying to, you know, make this attainable. And that's when I got involved with the cannabis industry and the cannabis movement and, and just found beautiful people up in Northern California uh, who had been, of course, the, you know, the legacy uh, people that have been, you know, making this amazing medicine for years and are, you know, struggling to get into the mainstream of this now yet keep the uh the quality of you know the organic uh aspect of what this medicine is and how to treat it and and how to keep it as a whole plant you know it's 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 not a it's not a big money maker like you know our our canadian overlords that come in and buy, buy <laughs> up everything because they they have the federal backing but you know it is something worthwhile to me to really keep the integrity of this beautiful medicine in Northern California. You were a registered medical cannabis patient when you were crossing into North Dakota from Canada and were stopped by law enforcement. <laughs> Is that right? Yes, ma'am, I was. What was that experience like for you? You know, it, it, it's funny because you, um, it's not like I didn't know that, I, I was actually told that this was a really difficult stop. And, you know, when we pulled in the canines, unit was already there it's like they, they knew we were coming because you have to tell them in advance you know because of the carnet and stuff and um i i saw that and went oh well this is gonna be a long day <laughs> because not not because i had a whole huge massive stash with me but because i knew that i would that i would not be able to reach a place to get cannabis for a few days and so i had one joint on me to last me those days so that i could sleep because i use it on the road to sleep mm -hmm. and um yeah and boy they tore our butts apart they they hauled in people for cbd you know uh tinctures wow you know and and uh yeah and so they ended up dropping everybody's charges but myself just because uh well myself and my sound man mm -hmm. and um because they, you know, they needed to make a statement or whatever. So, and it was fine. The funny thing was the uh, the uh, North Dakota had just passed their medicinal law like a, a month before that. Mm -hmm. And um, so with the border guys, they get out there. They got they're loaded with their guns and their dogs and their and they and and we're sitting there in, in the office, and they have to call the local sheriff to have him come out and arrest me. And so the local sheriff, who's, he's, he's the nicest guy on earth. And he's, so, he's unbelievably embarrassed that he has to arrest me. And he's, he's so kind and so thoughtful. And he's just, there came a point when, I mean, and I was not, and I, I was like, dude, you, you're just doing your job. Believe me, that no problem. I, I understand this. I'm 100% aware of this. You're doing your job. And he was so nice, and, and I he said, uh, 
don't know how the question came up, but North Dakota was my last state that I had to be in to have, I have now been in all 50 states in, in America. And um, he, I, he said, have you ever been in North Dakota before? I said, no, sir, this is actually my first time here and it's my 50th state and I was celebrating and he just, he just dropped his head to the table and he goes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and, you know, and so it, you know, it held us up. It, it's a pain in the neck, it, you know, whenever I cross the border and, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, 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 of course, I didn't spend any time in jail or anything. He just arrested me. And then I had to spend money to get lawyers to, you know, to go through the system. And, and it's a, it's, it's a real waste of, you know, just time and energy and money for a, something that's really got to change, you know? Yeah. Well, we have a couple of minutes left with you, and our podcast is Weed and Grub, so we gotta talk food. How is it being? Yeah, how is it being on the road? I think you changed your diet as you were becoming cancer free. So, what's your snack game like? What's your food lunch dinner scene? What are we talking about? Yeah, I'm uh, especially when I'm on the road. It, it, I consider myself like an athlete that I have to keep my body in a certain. Um, shape in a certain alkaline level to where I don't have inflammation, you know, and that's, you know, cannabis always helps with that. But out on the road, food wise, um, my wife and I, we were both out here together and we start our day with, uh, with smooth, with smoothies. It's a frozen fruit smoothie. And we've got, you know, a, uh, a powder, a protein powder, and then we've got paleo greens that we put in there with it, you know, so we get our greens and our stuff. And then we also have, um, a uh, water that we fortify with Quinton, which is a, a seawater uh, with sodium and potassium and, and magnesium and all this stuff. So we, we keep that going. And then the foods, I'm a pescatarian on the road, so I, I get a lot of salmon out here. I eat a lot <laughs> of salmon. And, um, and then, you know, we, we, we try to, uh, you know, when we do have people cooking for us, you know, like last night in uh, Tulsa, we had this awesome chef who made a, a, a wonderful broccoli chickpea curry with um, with salmon. And then the, he had a, a cauliflower rice, you know, and, and that's always nice when you can get really um, like quality organic uh, vegan or or at least vegetarian food. And um, and sometimes we have to order from restaurants. So sometimes we get a piece of salmon and a salad and a baked potato and that's fine you know <laughs> but uh you know it's 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 great being out here sometimes we on days off we try to uh whatever city we're in we try to go to the uh either the vegan restaurant or a, a we look for female chefs we've met so many amazing female chefs out there you know but but like the local cuisine is always really fun to check out that's awesome well, looking at everything you've done with your advocacy, your music, you, your whole body of work, you, you bring people together. It's so great that you're on the road again so people can come see you and have that experience of being in a selfie with you at the end of your show. <laughs> <laughs> a Melfi. Yeah, thank you so much. A Melfi. Yeah, a Melfi. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for all that you do, my friends. Thank you, thank you. 100%. Wonderful. We'll, we'll catch you on the road. All right. Thanks. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.
Screaming, you can't shout, but there is only.